Edemania and Hello. Hello. <laughs> and this is Wild Take episode six. Uh, we're just recording in our little uh, makeshift studio under a drying rack covered with duvets. You might see you might actually hear some noises coming from around. One of them is the bubbling of my wild fermentation, <laughs> wild fermented brew just in the corner. What kind of... Uh, what uh, well, this one is actually a nettle, nettle wine. So hopefully we'll have some nettle wine by next... Let's just listen for a moment, see if you can hear it bubbling. That was there. <laughs> I don't know if that will come through on the tape. <laughs> but anyway, it's been it's been a long time since we recorded something. Um, it doesn't mean that we've been sitting around. We've been very busy, actually, looking, searching for more nests and... Which did involve quite a lot of sitting around. Yes. But, and but busy sitting around. But very busy sitting around. Lots of uh, walking, searching, reading. So we are kind of in the final preparations before the exciting time, really. So um, we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. Um, but before we before we talk about the progress um, on the sort of nest, nest part, um, we'd like to mention that uh, some people got in touch with us, uh, like Ruby and Ellie, recently, and uh, they had a question which they posted on Facebook, and Ed is going to read it. Okay. It's a very interesting, very important question. Okay. Ellie says, uh, oh my gosh, Ruby and I have been listening to episodes back to back all afternoon. We are hooked. Most exciting series ever. Uh, <laughs> what is going to happen next? Three exclamation marks. Mm. More info on why you more info on why you would take a wild chick and why this might be okay, please. Would it not be better with its mama? I guess uh, I guess the first thing I would want to say is that 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 I know <laughs> that I that I really feel how I feel how weird and unusual a thing it is to be doing. Um it's not something which is in people's normal lives, this idea of taking a chick from the nest. And we also have well, I don't know, not necessarily speaking for you, Anya, but I've grown up in a place where uh, the, a culture where you know there's this whole idea about nature protection and conservation, and I grew up in a generation that that had completely couldn't even mm. understand why, yeah. for example, you'd want to take eggs from a nest. So mm. egg collecting is you know completely socially mm. re- rejected, you know, um, and criminalized, you know, and, and criminalized, you know, mm. rightly. So. There's a fact here that you're going and you're sort of you're sort of intervening mm-hmm. at a stage of life with with birds where, where which is not a common thing to do. You know, we might come across injured birds, we might find injured young birds, and we might try and rehabilitate them. Mm-hmm. But to actually actually go and choose to take one <clears throat> for the purposes of you know of what of like of hunting of having the pleasure of watching it fly. You know, is this is this just is it, is it justified? And and how mm-hmm. do you justify it to yourself in a way? Um, it's not a straightforward thing, and it's a really, it's a really complex thing. And I, I definitely don't want to sort of pretend that I'm somehow mm. um, totally come to terms with it because I haven't been through it. I haven't yeah. felt what it feels like to do it, and so I don't know the full. I don't know fully how I feel about it. Actually, I mean, I know, I know enough about my own feelings at the moment to know that mm. I'm happy to proceed. But actually, you know, we're in a situation now where we're getting to a point where. There's a there there we know about nests with females on, mm. and the next step is to go up. One of us to actually go up to the nest and and reach into the nest, you know, and and there's these lovely little chicks there, and we're gonna I'm gonna and we make a decision to to take one out of there, and uh, yeah. it would be it would be really odd if we didn't feel mm. um, some hesitation. It would be odd if we didn't feel the need to kind of make sure that what we felt we were doing was okay. And so it's a really good, it's a really I'm really glad that um, that Ellie asked that because it in a way it'd be sort of 
with the momentum of everything, it would be easiest for, easy for us to, mm-hmm. to not think that, to, to not remember that there's probably people listening to this who are a bit kind of bit, bit, bemused. Mm-hmm. You know, why on earth did you want to do this? You know, we talked about in previous episodes, like what's like, w- w- like we did talk about why we chose a sparrow hawk. And we talked about the idea that, especially because it's a native bird, that it's 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 living in the countryside around here anyway, and fitting into the ecosystem of the place where we are. And the attraction of hunting with a native hawk would be that that you're sort of involved in that process mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. You're up close and able to watch it and witness it, you know. And mm-hmm. so that's the sort of the, the sort of the attraction. Like, why would you want to do it? Well, yeah. that's 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 part it, of the reason why. You said it really beautifully, actually. It's the attraction of kind of connecting, not just being the observer, looking at the sparrowhawk hunting from far away, but actually being involved and being a partner. Because falconry is about fa- partnerships, you know, it's not about sort of enslaving a bird and making it your, you know, do what you want at all. It's it's about showing the bird that there is a really good benefits for being a partner with yourself. And that's the only way that falconry works, really. And I think it's that's a kind of like, not like a friendship, but partnership. That's <laughs> the thing that's really exciting. Mm. You know, it's a really attractive idea for us, I think. Um but there's obviously ethical considerations of taking a chick. Yeah, you know, and and of course, you know, the first reaction might be to say, well, if it's illegal in all these countries, then there must be a reason for that, and surely, it, you know, it's a bit, you know, maybe maybe Ireland's a bit backward, hmm. you know, in still allowing this like, outdated yeah. um, way. But actually, I think I said this. I did say this, and I mentioned. I think I mentioned it in passing in the reply to the Facebook post that Ellie made. Just that that. There, there are lots of ways to acquire a bird for falconry. Well, there are a few. There are a few ways to acquire a bird for falconry, right? You can, there, there are captive bred birds, and you can you can buy or you can be given one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can take a, a wild bird either as at different stages of um, <clears throat> maturity, uh, right down to taking a chick from the nest, and um, and there are, I think, really really good arguments to say that. Um, wild take is a really really sustainable and beneficial way of providing mm. birds for falconry and that's mm-hmm. got a lot to do with uh got to do with the natural lives of wild birds of prey because mm-hmm. their survival rate is very very low so if you have a chick a, a, a nest of four chicks maybe one maybe two of them are going to live long enough but yeah. more likely one of them is going to live long enough to breed so there's a very high mortality rate in the first year or two no, even in the first few months even because the first few they, months. they start hunting by seven weeks. And, and if they're not good enough, then they, you know, you know they, they, they leave the nest. That's it. It's not like parents take care of them for years. No. But there's no getting around the fact that the life of a falconry bird is very different. You know, the life of this, this chick, that if we take this chick, hmm. will be very different from its brothers and sisters. It may have a better survival rate. And it would be easier. It would be easy in terms of like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't face starvation because it would be provided with fresh food and water every day whenever... It's unsuccessful, yeah. you know. So that's easier life, yeah. and it actually shows in the lifespan, you know. Yeah, two three times longer. Yeah, but it would be very different in terms of. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's <laughs> yeah. different life, and 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 yeah. so that's where I guess that's where you're sort of maybe the concern comes in, you know, that that would it not be better off? And I just think it's really it's really really it's not straightforward to answer yes or no. Like you, I don't think it's fair to say. Um, this is my feelings. I don't think it's fair to say, oh yeah, like this. <clears throat> this one life is better than the others. I think that that the life of falconry birds can be if it's if if you're if you're good and you do things well and properly, 
Mm. Um, it can be an absolutely brilliant life yeah. uh, for them. And I don't think it's definitely different from a wildlife, mm. that's for sure. But um, of course, you know, I and mean... And parents, they, 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 they're equipped to like deal with changes as well. Like you said something about crows taking eggs from the nest and... Or chicks, Or yeah. chicks even, you know, so... Yeah. They're able to cope with those kind of changes. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they, I, I think they are. I yeah. think they are. I think I think it's part of life for a bird of a bird of prey to deal with that kind of that that those losses mm. because I think and I think they must be equipped to deal with it because you you see in a way that they get on with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also. I mean, it's difficult to to try to imagine what the world must be like for. Mm-hmm. These birds of prey, you know. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think they're the same as us. I think. I don't think they're the same as us. I think there are lots of important differences, and I, and and understanding, and it, and and that's in some ways what makes falconry hard because uh, on, on on many occasions, it, 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 people's. I think. I think people's mistakes. Certainly, my mistakes uh, have mm. been to have been to to not truly be seeing the mm. situation from the bird's point of view. Mm. And if you can, if you're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's the success of being able to, the, the the test of success of being able to do that is whether the relationship works, whether the bird's happy to be with you and, and happy to fly with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's 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 a hard mental trick to pull off, not just a mental trick to pull off, but to consistently kind of think mm-hmm. in that way to see see things from the bird's perspective. Um, but it's important to do it in this question as well that Ellie, Ellie and Ruby are asking. Um, you know the bird has these very specific material needs when it's young. It needs food and warmth and protection. And those things we can provide. And actually, I wanted to say something about like taking the chick as well. We're not going to be taking it when it's... Um, we're going to be taking it when it's really young as well. So there's a particular time when birds are not fearful of anything. And it's usually between sort of day zero and day 12, 15, um, when they're still completely relaxed so if you reach out into the nest and pick up a chick she's not going to be stressed she's not going to feel the fear of you she's not going to be screaming or trying to escape and avoid your your hand you know um it's it's completely natural for all the birds to have that and there's a particular thing called the fear response that actually just literally kicks in at a particular time some some birds it could be like 12 days some of them could be 15 and at that point it's very difficult to take a chick because they will be quite fearful. So we're trying to aim to take a chick at that window when they are relaxed. And like my colleague was describing it the other day, saying like, you reach into the nest and they're all like, hello, it's okay, mum mom is away, but she'll be back soon. <laughs> and you just grab one and, and they're really happy. You know, they're not, they're not stressed. They, they feel relaxed. And so, yeah, and this is, this is actually when they ring chicks as well. Very often, that will be the time when mo- most wildlife rangers will be ringing them um, exactly at that time, and it doesn't cause any stress to to the chicks. Obviously, the mother will probably just leave the nest, but she'll be sitting very nearby looking, and then she'll return to the nest straight away. She's not going to abandon the nest yeah. with other ch- other chicks. And sparrowhawks are really good parents. I think they also try and feed their chicks as much as they can, so she's not going to be just because we, we because we'll take one doesn't mean that we're going to be leaving the scent and she's just going to disappear they don't think like that they don't have that no, sense they don't of smell have that sense of smell at all so so yeah we don't feel like it's going to be very stressful um for the chick at least or, 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 or for the mother parents, i think yeah. they, like i was saying earlier yeah. you know they yeah they they cope with losses 
and get I on think, with things. I think, like you said, it's going to be more difficult for us to cope with that, uh, taking the check, than for the check for, to cope with us taking it. Because, yeah, I think I can imagine myself reaching into the nest and having second thoughts about it and, you know, feeling really emotional, having a little cry even, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, it's going to be really... It's going to be really interesting. But don't you, don't you feel like maybe those that, that those second thoughts, that hesitation, those that those tears are they, are they not trying to tell you something? Is that not is that not a signal that you should listen to? Is that not a, a sign that what you're doing is? No, because I feel like because I'm the kind of person who n- not like having second thoughts, but I'm I do take things. I don't take things lightly, you know. And I think and I think like what whatever it is, like if I see a cute chicks all together huddled up like cuddled up in the nest I will feel really emotional and I wonder like how, how much of it will be like just feeling the excitement and happiness and how much of it would just be like feeling sadness and I'm removing one of them because actually deep inside I don't think they're going to be missing each other <laughs> you know I don't think they have those feelings at all like I mean we, we've been working with birds of prey for not very long but two years is enough to see how birds relate to each other they don't have this kind of friendships and especially when they're young they're not going to be going like oh no he's taking lucy you know or they're not going to be feeling like that at all so i don't i don't think i don't think it's going to be it's going to be you know i think partly all emotions will be just feeling really excited like the other day when i saw a sparrowhawk flying from the nest i just felt really like it was very beautiful and that caused some emotion no i feel i feel pretty kind of I feel pretty sure about how I feel about this, you know. I feel pretty sure that it's not, um, we're not going to be causing any harm and that we are preparing ourselves to the best we can, that we have a really nice team of people working with us who have got a lot of experience working with Sparrowhawks specifically, plus the Irish Hawking Club. Uh, We've got a lot of friends there who are ready to help and we've already had a lot of discussions with them about different ways of raising chicks and training them. And I feel quite confident that with all this wealth of knowledge, we will be able to, you know, do something positive. And and from knowing ourselves, I feel like we, we're going to be doing our best at all times, you know. You know, we're very kind of, we're going to be very responsible about it. Just thinking, like, how many months we've already spent, like, locating nests. <laughs> Which actually, let's talk about this. Okay. I think this is a very interesting and exciting part that we're entering now. So, so very, when we started this, when we started this adventure, we we started from zero. We really just had a few ideas of where the sparrowhawks might nest. We, you know, somebody showed us a plucking post. We found a couple of skulls from previous years. We never really thought that we would get to the stage of actually finding a nest. And we are at this stage. So from walking around, we've moved to more sitting around in the woodlands and watching the nests. Yeah. So the exciting news is that uh, we found an actual nest with a sparrowhawk sitting in it. In this place we call the Sorrel Woods. Which... Which is which is a new nest. It's different from the one that you found in the garden in the last episode. It's a new place. It's a place um, within the area we've been um, given permission to take a, a chick from. 
and and so that and that's significant. The, the the garden was out with that area. So if we hadn't found another nest, the garden would have would have been a sort of a backup. Mm-hmm. But this 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 place is in woods near where we live. It's a local patch. <laughs> it's a local patch, and it's a beautiful woodland. Yeah. But first of all, why don't you tell us how we found it? We were. Can you remember? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so we were we were we were cycling on our way uh, to look at another another area. We were just cycling on a path and really early in the morning, actually. And a and and a sparrowhawk was sitting on a branch above the path, and as we cycled close underneath her, she took off and flew across the path and into a conifer plantation off to our right sort of diagonally into the through the through the plantation so we 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 thought right there was got to be a nest in there and no 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 you're not describing correctly we dropped our bicycles <laughs> <laughs> we dropped our bicycles Literally. got our binoculars out and we shifted like lightning into the woodland <laughs> you can't imagine the excitement we felt actually so what happened next? Well, okay, you're, you're doing a much better job. <laughs> no. Right. So, yes, we were very, very excited. Can't you hear it in my voice? Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so we, we went in and uh, started looking around on the floor of the woodland and we found lots of plucking posts. We found um, plucked voles. Yes. Vole fur on a tree With stump. guts and everything. Yeah, it was fresh. There was, uh, was fresh guts. I think we've got some photographs yeah. we can put up. Um and more pluckings, we found woodcock feathers. Yeah, you know, breastbone. Yeah, bits mm-hmm. of a woodcock. I mean, you know, whether or not we don't was know a sparrow killed. Yeah, I don't know. Don't they look know. quite old. But the, but so. the feathers were broken at the edges, um, and I think it's it's possible to see that on the photographs. Um, so they were broken. They were pulled off or broken. You reckon? Yeah. Um, and then Anya. Because it's always Anya <laughs> found uh, a nest which looked a bit small, or maybe it was half built or whatever. And we watched it for a little while and um, didn't see any activity in it. I think at that on that visit we heard some maybe some calling in the distance. Yes, we did. Yeah, but uh, but then we didn't see any activity, and we said, okay, we'll leave it for another time, and we come back. But we found an old nest, an old nest, and just underneath it, underneath the tree trunk, we found quite a few. Uh, very small skulls from maybe blue tits and, oh, yeah. and other things. And and this, knowing that there is an old nest, immediately signaled to us that there's definitely going to be sparrowhawks nesting here because they usually nest sort of with, within the vicinity of the old sighting, uh, nesting spot. Either they abandon it, but because we sighted it going into the woods, we knew that this is the woods. And it's a very small woods as well. It's not very large. So we knew that we're going to have to come back. Yeah. And it's called the sorrel woods because there's sorrel everywhere. So when we were um, walking around, we were just picking this lovely fresh wood sorrel. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it's such a beautiful woodland. Yeah. I felt like it was really clean and the, the sorrel just creates this carpet completely covering the ground and the trees are all nicely spaced and there's enough light coming down to the ground. So the sorrel actually looks kind of like reflects light. It was and luminous. It's like luminous, yeah, yeah. emerald colour. It's yeah. beautiful. It's very, very nice. Um so, do we want to talk about when we went back there? Well, let's let's do it. Since okay, we... so we went back uh, with the, you know with the idea of, of of sort of staking out the the nest, and that's what we did. We found settled positions, and we laid down, and we mm-hmm. just watched this nest. Here's my spot. Here's my spot. 
and they just like lay mm-hmm. there, and I was like, I must have been lying there. I think the ta- I just left the tape running, and it was going for three hours or something. I was that, was that, it was just ridiculously long, and I went through. I mean, there was midges. And they just, were horrendous. They were just eating us alive, huh? Yeah. We had BV bags and something yeah. like we brought some oat cakes. Yeah. And do you find like when you lie down like that, you just feel like you go into a trance? Yeah. You just kind of. It takes me a little it's while. It's almost like a meditation, yeah. Yeah, but I don't get to that stage for a little while. See, I so never I'm get very... to that stage. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> I never get to do you that know stage. <laughs> this is why I fidget all the time when I just walk around and I have to get up. That's interesting. That's the, I just yeah. can't sit still. Yeah. You often do get up before I do. Maybe I'm just lazy. I get, I, I, I sort of. It takes me a long time to settle. I'll be very alert to begin with, and every, you know, I'm listening to everything, uh, listening for very keenly for calls. Uh, you know, I'm like scanning around all the time to look for birds flying over the trees, like between the trees. And then I'll get itchy somewhere, or I'll get achy somewhere, and have to change position. And then you kind of feel a bit uncomfortable. The midges are getting you, and you kind of you're not sure how long you can stand it. And this kind of, and then so then you talk yourself around to sitting a bit longer. And then you play mind games, wondering whether what you're doing is worth it at all, whether you're there at completely wrong time of day, uh, and you know, and 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 then second guessing whether or not your presence there is making it worse. So you know, that's the thing. You wonder whether you know, even though you're in your bivy and you think you're quite well camouflaged and you've got a good hiding spot, mm. you wonder maybe. Well, they, these are sparrowhawks. They know very well what they're doing, and maybe yeah, they're probably like, watching you from probably tree watching you from like like exactly. They don't want to go anywhere. You know, so 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 what you know, it's it's like this question of um, this kind of this this uh, question of whether or not you're changing the thing you're observing, mm. you know, by observing it, and uh, and then and then. Miraculously, forty-five minutes passes, and then you suddenly and sometimes get into a, get into a bit of a trance and and start to get sleepy. Sometimes, sleepy actually is very interesting, because a few <laughs> times we've been you know going around after work looking for sparrowhawk nests, and then Ed said, "Oh, I'll just go and just sit there under a nice tree and and you know and I'm obviously walking around looking for plucking sites, and then I call for him and there's no answer, and I call again and there's no answer." And then I go and find him sleeping <laughs> under a tree. <laughs> and this happened on multiple occasions. I was like, you're supposed to be staking out. Yeah. Stake out so <laughs> hard. Told, I know, and you told me you're just like hard. lying down on the grass, yeah. completely camouflaged against the tree trunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. But anyway, so what, what you were basically going into a trance and I was fidgeting. I'd, I'd reached the I'd reached the scratching. lullaby stage where where all this, this, the lovely, wonderful sounds of the bird song around you have ceased to be... Uh, inform- informational things and have become um, become uh, uh, a kind of blanket that mm-hmm. just you wrap around your head <laughs> and it just kind of it just says everything's safe here <laughs> everything's safe you can let go and then you just and then that lovely that lovely haziness closes in around you and you just mm. and you're on the soft floor of this forest and your head's protected mm-hmm. by the tree behind you and you're just you know ev- all the all those primal kind of needs are for security are completely satisfied you feel completely safe mm-hmm. and you just drift off to sleep you know and i think a lot of a lot of us like when obviously if there was no reason for us to sit and look at the nest we would not be sitting in the woods like this for a long time and i actually think you know if you guys have a chance this summer or this you know if you're on a walk somewhere in the woods, just to sit down for an hour, not without, even without a book, just have a flask of tea with you, you will find how... I find that 
the woodland changes when you sit there. So when you enter it, there is always this commotion and the birds are really loud and they might be escaping and making alarm calls. And after a while, things settle down and sometimes you find yourself kind of sitting in a very quiet forest and you might even see a squirrel coming really close to you. A fox. Or a fox or a hare or you might see a tree creeper like right above you. It's just really lovely and I think we, we don't do it enough we don't just sit in places you know we're always walking through them or traveling through them picking things looking at so I like this new stage that where we have to just sit yeah even though I'm saying it but actually I feel always so restless when I when I do sit under the tree and this actually what happened this time I just eventually had to give up because the images were so awful they were just <laughs> eating me alive I had to give up and I, I got up and I walked away from Ed and I thought and I thought to myself ah, he's going to be really annoyed that I'm making noises um, but he didn't say anything and, and I just walked around and I found I found a stump with a blackbird's foot on it just single foot and then I walked away and I just had my binoculars with me and I, pointing, I was pointing them up into the treetops just to see what I can see because I saw some, a couple of tree creepers fighting and then I just looked and I saw something I was like what is that? What is that? And I stopped in my tracks, and I had a really, be- I had a slightly better look at it, and I realized that there was another nest in a completely opposite direction, much closer to the path from where we were, a little bit it, quite exposed actually, um, very close to the clearing, and and from the nest there was something. Something was looking at me from the nest, but I wasn't sure what it was. So I, I, looked, I walked around, and I actually, my first thought that there was an owl sitting in the nest, because I could hear, I could see feathers. And I called Ed. I was like, Ed, come over here. And I got really scared. I, I kind of, I kind of thought, no, there's an owl. And we know that if there are owls, if there are too many owls, and sparrowhawks will probably not be nesting in the same woodland, you know, because they would be predating sparrowhawks. Going over to see Anya. She just called me. She reckons she's found another nest. She said, "Come over," because she doesn't know what she's looking at. He arrived, and we just kind of shifted positions just ever so slightly, and it dawned on me that what I was looking at wasn't an owl. It was a tail of a sparrowhawk sticking out right from the nest. <laughs> Holy mackerel. <laughs> That's not what you said on the tape. No. <laughs> oh, my God, I can see the, I can see, I can see the tail. I the tail. Swear, don't swear. There was some swearing, I think. There's a tail sticking out of the nest. She's on it. I, I have to say, I almost, like, I almost fell over <laughs> how excited I was. I thought it was an owl before... Whether she was on eggs or ready to lay them, we don't know. This was, uh, what date was this? It was uh, the 11th. Last? It was the 11th of May. It yes, was a week 11th ago. Of May, yeah. This is ridiculous. From recording this. She today. didn't move from the nest, even though we were walking right underneath it. For a while, she just sat there. And we couldn't see her head or anything. We could just see the tail for ages. I don't see any movement at all. She's still. She's, but she don't move. 
she's just in trance. She's sitting on an egg. So there is a platform of twigs and it's only about like fifteen meters of the ground. Four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen meters of the ground. Yeah. And just at the edge of it there is this tail that just sticks up. And we start moving away and deciding to leave her, you know, leave her alone kind of thing. And from further away, I was looking at her through the binoculars and then suddenly she called and stood up in the nest hmm. and she looked right down the barrel of my binoculars at me and then turned her head slowly and looked right at you because you were standing a few metres from me. Hmm. And then the male appeared. Um, from behind us and flew in toward in towards the woods, and I think he called too. And then we thought, right, okay, let's let's get out of here, kind of thing. Leave him alone. She looked really fat to me. <laughs> she was huge. I think maybe because the nest looked quite small from some of some directions. You know, it's a, it's a very strange nests are quite strange things. Like you look look at them from one perspective and they look small, and then you sh- shift around and you look from another perspective and they look massive. But it was about 15 meters up a tree trunk. And she looked a bit too oversized for it. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's amazing. I think they cope with quite tiny nests, really, mm. actually. Um, we've, I've been watching a, a nest cam. Uh, if you go to sparrowhawkisland.co.uk and look at the, the nest cam, you can see that the nest that she's sitting on mm. just doesn't it's look that tiny, big. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just sort of, you know, it sort of it emerges maybe mm. a couple of inches around her body. You know, yeah. which is like, not that big, really. You know, so. So we 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 really don't know at what stage she's at actually, and and actually I just wrote down a question here for myself to remember to mention it. Is how do we know when the chicks are ready to be taken from the nest? Yeah. Because that's like a really big thing right now for us to. To sort of time it because we want to we want to take her when she's pretty young. Yeah. Um, you know, as in. Ten, you know, twelve days. Something like that. Mm. When it's when it's sort of strong enough to be taken, when all the central, you know, some essential growth has been done already, but but she's still before that fear response. So it's easier for us to, you know, train yeah. her and get yeah. her used to us. Yeah. Um, I think we decided one way to do this would be to revisit the nest quite often, maybe especially towards the end of May, revisiting it every night and see if we can see any splashes of mutes uh, poop right under the tree because as the chicks appear they will be um, shifting down, shifting back towards the edge of the nest and shooting their poop out and that's how they poop it's really cute actually to watch it <laughs> yeah. so that's what we're going to try and do another thing is molted feathers I don't know if we haven't found any any evidence of molted feathers under the nest no but just because she's a nest uh, could mean that she's just heavy with eggs yeah and she'll be laying them every sort of two days, isn't it? Every uh, 48 hours or so. Yeah. Um, she might have five, she might have less. They could be all males, they could be all females, they could be a mixture of them. So we really have a lot of uncertainty about. Yeah. Um. And we haven't had any, actually, any suggestions for names. And we still, we still can't decide. What did we... We came up with something. Sorrel. We thought maybe Sorrel. If it's going to come from the sorrel woods, maybe sorrel, but it just seems kind of a little bit lame, doesn't it? <laughs> I, don't know, I can't make up my mind, really. 
maybe maybe one of you guys can you know think about it and send us some suggestions maybe Ellie and Ruby <laughs> and if anybody wants to I mean if you want to tell us what you think about it all we'd be really we'd be really pleased and delighted to, to hear from you about it you know yeah and if you come up with a really good name we'll send you some feathers Ooh. yeah we'll send you some interesting feathers from our collection Ooh, that's an interesting yeah. idea yeah which ones are you gonna make me give up I've got some feathers of my own. <laughs> we might send you this uh, sparrow feather that we found. Oh, that's yeah. quite a nice idea. And we might send you other feathers, some really beautiful ones that we've got in our collection. So, this is an incentive for you <laughs> to think of names. <laughs> that's a great idea. So, All right, well, thanks for listening. Yeah. And we'll see you, speak to you soon again. Yeah, bye. So, bye. So, two blue tits. Two blue tits meet in a tree, and one goes, Oh my gosh, your plumage is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Look at the color. The other one's like, It's a perfect mold this year. All the beautiful, fat Irish worms helping me to mold. Is that the end of the story? Yeah.